We're gonna we gonna keep kayfabe and gloss over the fact that I'm doing job now, or what? No. Oh no no no! You, Blake has job. Blake is job man now, and Blake has to wake up in let's see six hours. Start the show. <laughs> Whoa! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! It's time! It's time for a load! And I'm talking about that good late night load! A load of BS! That's right, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet featuring the two best damn men of all time, and I'm talking about he, the B, to the L-A-K-E, that's right, it's Blake, the sleepy boy, Tanner! And the last time I saw this man was before he went back to Florida and lost a little bit more of his soul, Scotty Moore. In case you're wondering how much Florida's seeping in, I've recorded two other shows tonight, and all three of this one included, all three of them I have done in a unicorn onesie while trying to maintain some semblance of professionalism. Just like, that's ah, fine, they won't notice, it's from MeUndies, it's for a sponsorship gig. Um... I give up any sense of professionalism when I come into this place. It just makes it easier. Mm-hmm. Well, no, 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 the podcast zone, of course, I'm talking about. Yeah, well, you need to have a little bit more, um, a little bit more decorum about yourself, Blake Tanner, because you are now an ordained priest. <laughs> um, who did you ordain us to again? Um, Central Fucking United Methodist Catholic. Universal Life Church, which is the one wow. that everyone goes to online. Yeah, to, um, well, to give people a little bit of the backstory, I'm getting married. I am engaged now. Oh, I forgot we didn't announce that, did we? Yeah, we haven't announced that yet. I am an engaged boy, so it's like, it'd be funny if Blake married us. I wonder, does he have to be the one to ordain himself? No. As long as you got an email address, you can ordain whoever yep. the fuck you want. So, well, Blake Tanner, you're now an ordained priest. Scotty, I thought you would have found this out a, a long, long time ago during our freshman year of college, many years ago. Well, no, hold on. If when you-, you tried to, you and uh, us and a few other people tried to sign one of our friends up for the KKK. Oh, well... <laughs> And all you needed was their email and $150. I was fixed to say, it's harder to get into the clan than it is to become an ordained priest. You had to pay Mm. for that to become a priest. I just had to type in a few names, like your name, and boom, you're there. Now, I think we ended up ordaining somebody in that same session when we found out the KKK was going to be too hard. <laughs> We're like, this is too expensive. Let's just ordain someone. I will say, uh, you you got ordained on the same day I did because I got an email earlier that day that just said, congratulations, it's your eighth year anniversary of being ordained. And all I could think was like, I I shouldn't be. Like, y'all should revoke this at some point, right? Like, keep tabs on your priests you've got out there. But no, they're letting me be priest. So, we can both marry you. Yeah, we can both marry each other. Fuck yes, dude, that's all I've ever wanted was to marry you. A week, wait. Wait, what? What? (laughs) Wait, nothing. Um... 
I also I realized something, and I feel like this is this is probably the closest we get to being genuine us. And I feel like that involves like opening up. And I just want to say I realized something in my Florida trip. And Blake Tanner, I'll become a family man. Blake A. Tanner, I'm no longer the old man you know me um, as. I'm a family no. man now. Were you plan? Wait, you were the one planning the trip, weren't you? What? Wait, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're the dad that's planning everything out. Well, yes, I am. But okay, no, that's... we're gonna go here and here and here. I mean, you already did that, but oh yeah, no, no, no. The reason why I'm saying I'm a family man is because, like, at Disney World, I'm usually able to be there. Oh, this is sounding sad. I'm usually able to go to Disney World alone and be fine. Go through my day, have a fun time on the rides, be able to spend time on my own. This time I was just sitting around like, I wish I wish my baby was here. My baby and my baby baby. I wish I had all my people with me. Which is never a thought I've had. Like, I've gone full dad, I think. It's scary. Well, <laughs> you finally hit that place. Yeah, I, I can't follow you anywhere past this point, buddy. I'm sorry. Well, no, no. Here's the thing, and I think I we talked about on the show the moment my dad activated, and it was during that dumbass 4K sonogram because, like, oh. a there was a moment during when we went back where they were just like, "Uh, it looks like her cords wrapped around her neck, but don't worry, she'll wind herself out of that." Fuck that. That was enough for me to be like, "No." Uh-uh. <laughs> no, you can't just tell me that random lady in a house by the lake. You can't just leave me alone. I'm sorry. That was a very nice story you were telling. Yeah, and so I went full-on dad of just like, no, my baby needs to be protected. And then every time she jabbed the baby, like, turn over, I'm like, my baby don't want her picture taken. Stopped. And like it, okay. just, just, just <laughs> say jab. I imagine just like, hold on, I gotta stab this tiny fetus. And then it all came to a head was when I saw rivers of light at fucking Animal Kingdom, and there's like a video of a mama cub or a mama like collecting her cub and like collecting them. And I was like, that's me collecting all my cubs together to build a baby. That's how cubs Wait. work, right? You just put them together like Voltron until they make a baby. That'd be a big fucking baby, dude. That's a big baby. That's how it works. You keep taking other babies and slap them together until they become a full... Are you not a bunch of babies in a trench coat? Because I am. Somebody has made that horror movie, haven't they? <laughs> no, but I know what I'm pitching next week. The four baby in a trench coat horror film. Well, four babies make the arms and legs. A bunch of babies make the torso. You're probably just going to have to blender them up. Oh, Blake, no. And then there's head baby. The head baby. Head ba which is just a, a baby with a very large head. No, here's what it is. It starts with a baby who was supposed to be triplets. Eats her other two siblings in the womb comes out jacked, keeps eating, it's a baby that eats babies, keeps eating babies, and it grows for sustenance until you have a mega baby that uh, towers over New York City like Gojira. Isn't that the plot to the second uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movie? Uh, 
Honey, I ate the kids. No, honey, I blew up the kid because it ate other kids. I thought you were going to say that this was the third fucking uh, baby geniuses film. Consume all babies. That's that's how it works. Yeah. Um, we make the best baby genius because it's it's all the baby geniuses. Yeah, we're all we're all geniuses now. Um I will I have a weird question and I don't know how to segue into it normally. Have you ever been to a club? I've been to the quest before. Okay, so okay, so yes, you have been cuz I was Technically thinking, because, like, once you become a family man, a, fam- a family guy, you're like, oh, I'm leaving all this stuff behind me. Did I miss anything? And I'm like, well, what can I do now? I probably can't go to clubs anymore. Were clubs awesome? <laughs> Blake Tanner, your opinion. Clubs. Huh? Oh, the quest. And I'm, I'm going to say some things about it. Because I know a lot of people who go there and frequent it, and it is one of the, like... Top clubs in Birmingham. It is not that. It is definitely one of the most well-known, specifically, like, uh, gay clubs in town that we go to. Yeah, the Quest specifically, but, like, a bunch of people go there, so... Were, um, were there people fake fucking up against that big-ass mirror they got when you went to? Because I got very uncomfortable. That did happen, yes. And I... And other people that I know that have gone there in the past before can corroborate the fact that it's nasty. It's real na- I don't remember it. It was. It's kind of just like a haze of, like lights and mirrors and people fake fucking and then at one point I sat on a couch and someone sat in my lap and I felt like a real a real cool guy that night um I yeah that was what was the other place that I've been to it was somewhere else I can't remember the name of it but that was that was the experience that I had it was a little too loud and a little too anxiety inducing did you uh did you get on the the dance floor and do a little bump and grind no oh I did and are you prepared for how immature and childish your best friend is would you be surprised if I said yes? So, I'm a I'm as a, as the great artist once said, ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. I'm on the dance floor dancing. Now wait, which one said that? Uh, <laughs> B. Diddy R. Kelly the third. Wrong, Fidel Castro. Good, <laughs> good guess. All of my Cubans gather around to hear my voice. <laughs> Ain't nothing oh. wrong with little bump and grind. Um, but, and I'm sorry that my camera's not working for you to see this, but they're in front. You know there's not a lot of, when you're an awkward person, putting the hands on is real weird if it's someone you're not, like, romantically involved with. So you kind of just have someone backing up into you so your hands are free. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I apologize. I just started doing wrestler poses. 
<laughs> so like I'm behind her doing like the DX crunch chop. I'm doing the Hulk Hogan. Can you hear me over there? You hear me over there, Flex? I am going full pro wrestler in this club. And so <laughs> I uh judging by the look on your face, I'm going to say whatever you were prepared for, you weren't prepared for that. No, I was. You're, <laughs> you're like, I've heard stories. Is it bad that the only time that I can recall, like, doing something like that, it was during, like, wait, a party full of people that I knew? Are you saying bump and grinding or doing... <laughs> Pro wrestling poses no, behind a woman. No, definitely the bumping and grinding. Never got around to the pro wrestling moves. Yeah. Well, I ne- assumed it was with someone you were romantically linked with, so... Oh, no, it was it was just theater department buds. <laughs> I know you mean... Most I- of whom uh, were ladies, but there were some times where Drunk Blake didn't judge. Blake- <laughs> Drunk Blake will bump and grind whatever comes near Drunk Blake. It doesn't matter. It's like a magnet. It just goes where it wants. You know how magnets do? There's no rules that define them. Fucking so, magnets. How do they work, though? Nope. You know that treasure? You know what? We've never talked about that. Isn't that such a funny saying that happened once in music? Oh, you mean the the insane clown posts. The insane clown post. I mean, I feel like that's a vein of comedy that no one's ever really dug into as Juggalo. Should we do that? Oh, is that how you pronounce it? I thought it, it's not Juggalo. I thought, I thought it was Jugalos. Jugalos. No, that's how Fidel Castro said it when he addressed his his Cuban nationalists. Hello, my Jugalos. Come to me, my children. And always remember... Ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. So says I, Fidel Castro. Is there, there's a famous poster with Castro on it, isn't there? Because I'm definitely going to make a parody of it with your face that just says, ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind underneath it. I mean, I think that you're thinking of Che Guevara. I am thinking of was like the opposite of Fidel Castro. He he was, yes. He's the guy that like the Daniel Bryan shirts were made for. <laughs> yes. Okay. So should we do the actual podcast now? Because we've bu- we've done some BS. We've done some bullshit BS, but now it's time for some brainstorming BS. And Blake, you're first to the table this week. What's your idea? What are we gonna create? What's the magic? That we're going to sell to Hollywood so we never have to do this show again. So, Scotty, you know that um, the last time you and I were, uh, like, recording together, yeah. you remember what that was, right? Uh, disregarding the fight boys we just recorded yes. tonight. Uh-huh. And you know you know what that thing was, right? Oh, are you talking about... Oh, no. Are the you long ta- thing. And I realized that, like... We've talked about this movie for a while now in the BS, and I don't think it's time to, to leave it. Yes. Uh, this is... I, I, may I spoil what it is? Oh, yes, if you can guess what it is. It is... I'm going to assume it's 
the film that we watched for the latest episode of um, You Paid for This for our Patreon patrons, and it's nothing but trouble, the garbage dookie film you forced me to watch a second time in my life. I Blake, I only have a finite number of minutes on this world. You've now forced me to use... Four hours of them on nothing but trouble, if not more, counting all the times in the Buckwild movie tournament we talked about it. Scotty, I have made it my mission in life to force you to see this movie a noticeable percentage point of your life. No! I'd much rather do that with another... Oh, wait, should we... We'll talk about it after this, but should we bring up the thing that happened with the other film that I've watched a noticeable percentage of in my life? Or should we wait and see if anything happens from it? Let's let's wait. Let's wait. Okay, so just so everyone at home knows, there may be a super secret project that's buck fucking wild if it happens. But for um, now, but nothing but trouble. What, what I'm getting to is nothing but trouble, and... Specifically the end of Nothing But Trouble, Scotty, because at the end of Nothing But Trouble, and spoilers for that wonderful, wonderful experience, <laughs> um, the the town of Vulcanvania falls into the literal pits of hell right? Um, because of the burning coal fires under it, and it seems that the judge and his uh, granddaughter, yes. Yeah, I think she is. <laughs> Need to find a new home, and they they bring up Chevy Chase's driver's license. And, Scotty, we only get to see the reaction to that moment from Chevy Chase. We don't get to see what happens in the rest of the story. Okay, I believe you. Are you talking about the moment where Chevy leaves a Chevy Chase-shaped hole in the wall as he runs out? Now, Blake. Yes. I'd like to point something out to you. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it's the fact that, if you'll remember in the film, Chevy has to take an elevator up about nine flights. Chevy chases fucking dead at the end of this film because he Ugh. jumps out of a ninth-story ninth floor apartment through a hole he makes himself. See, Scotty, that's where you, that's where you miss it. That's where you miss the supreme fascinating ability of Judge Lord Valkenheiser. Okay. I think that's his name. Yes. Um, because we open up nothing but trouble too. Forty fucking years later. Why? Wait. What? <laughs> well, okay. We'll have to like digitally youngify Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. No, wait. We won't. Yeah. No. We you can won't. just have Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. You're just gonna have Dan Aykroyd, and I don't think you need to make Chevy Chase younger either, because. It's 40... Wait, are you saying it comes out 40 years later, or it takes place 40 years later? Oh, no, no, it'll come out 40 years later. Um, but it should take place scant moments after the <laughs> Chevy chase size hole appears in the wall. Okay. Uh, because Chevy Chase, he falls out of the building, and um, we open up on him just like leaving that hole in the wall and him falling, 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 falling. And he is caught by an automated mattress robot on spider legs that is piloted by his father-in-law, oh, Judge Falkenheiser. I thought, I thought you were, there were two directions. Oh, one direction was that she was, he was going to be caught by his wife, the judge's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. 
No, no, One Direction is the uh, the musical guest in this movie. Okay, option two is that he's falling, he's falling, and then all of a sudden, there goes my hero, watch him as he falls, and then he just soars off into the sky, and Chevy Chase has superpowers in this one. Nothing but trouble, too, or- Chevy Chase has superpowers in this one. Although going off of him flying away, that could just be how we get rid of Chevy Chase for the movie. I really like that you didn't want to kill him off, but you're willing to make him a superhero. Uh, I'd rather not kill anyone else in this movie series. A lot of people have died, Scotty. Okay. So... Um, although, some things that I want... Yes? And really the only thing that I want is, um, for Mr. Bonestripper to have survived... And gain some sort of sentience. Okay. To where it lives on top of Chevy Chase's, like, penthouse apartment. Oh, I was gonna say he lives in the penthouse apartment. And he's just a real bad... He's a bad roommate. <laughs> well, that's because his, like, cool guitar riffs are playing constantly. <laughs> 24-7! The closer you get to him, the more you hear it. Okay, so we've got Chevy Chase, who has, I'm going to say basic Superman superpowers. It is mm-hmm. roommate is Mr. Bone Stripper. What are, uh, what's the judge in Grand... Also, what the fuck is Demi Moore doing in this? Oh, no, she leaves him very early on in the movie because it's very obvious that they cannot have a relationship together because Chevy Chase is still a horrible person. Can I suggest who, uh, who she leaves him for? Okay. Well, actually, before I do that, I'm going to have to get you to stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image of the style that you used to. Humpty Hump, who lives next door, it's now a sitcom at this point, lives across, and he steals Demi Moore. Also, Hologram Tupac is there. Hologram Tupac! (laughs) Humpty Hump and Hologram Tupac are kind of like the Joey and Chandler of the affair. Uh, Demi Moore is Monica, because obviously, and Mr. Bone Stripper is Ross. (laughs) 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 Oh, all right. Okay. So, the entirety of the series focuses on Mr. Bone Stripper's problems and how Mr. Bone Stripper's a horrible, horrible individual. He's such a (laughs) terrible human being. But he's a... Oh, fuck, but he is an archaeologist because he's Mr. Bone Stripper. Exactly! Okay, so wait, if we've got those three, who is our, who's our Rachel and who's our Chandler? Or who's our Rachel and who's our uh, Phoebe? Can I be honest? Uh, Phoebe's the da- like the granddaughter, right? Oh, I was going to say the judge is a total Phoebe. He's just so goofy all the time. And he oh. plays music at the cafe on his piano! He, okay, okay, I can see that. I'm down with he's that. He's like, oh, smelly cat, smelly cat. <laughs> Why do you smell like oh, he's down there jamming? Oh, smelly on. cat, smelly cat, I'm going to feed you to Mr. Bone Tripper. <laughs> We're going to take you, take you over to Mr. Bone. If no one's seen this film, this segment is buck wild to them. <laughs> oh, shit. What's going to happen to Bobo and Lil Devil? Bobo and Lil Devil are kind of the, um... Okay, I'm about to switch franchises. Yeah. Do you remember when, wait, hold on, in Friends, do you remember when they had the monkey? Oh, yeah. That's that's Bobo and Lil Devil. Oh, I was going to say, the monkey was Chevy Chase. 
<laughs> and uh, swapping things out a little bit, Bobo and Little Devil actually start their spinoff series, The Sweet Life of Bobo and Little Devil, where they live in a hotel. Oh, they live in the ground floor of the same apartment that Chevy Chase lives in. But they call it The Sweet Life. Of, yep. Yeah. The s- and that's kind of the Bobo and Devil Sweet Life. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the show more for like the kids. That's our Disney Channel original. Is the Sweet Life of Bobo and Little Devil. Meanwhile, uh, the the Friends uh, version, Nothing But Trouble Two, still troubling. <laughs> that's our adult sitcom for the grown ups to enjoy. Mm-hmm. So what? what's our main what's our main like incident that we're trying to solve in this? Before we get into that, can I just say we may have just stumbled on a genius fucking marketing ploy of having two separate shows in the same universe for adults and children, and as the children grow up, they start watching the adult show? This is the smartest fucking idea of all time, and, like, the parents will watch the kids' show to get more info on their shit. This is great. Anyways, uh, Chevy Chase, (laughs) it's kind of like... The plot of it is, uh, what's the, what's that new James Gunn film where it's Superman, but he's evil? That's what Chevy Chase is in this. Chevy Chase is just evil Superman. He's evil Superman. And the, he's Chevy Chase black. If you want to go Dragon Ball Z. And the friends crew have to stop him. And how do they do that? There's a lot of mixed, (laughs) mixed concepts in this. Um, I think, I think if anyone has to be the, uh, the hero to Chevy Chase's villain, has to be Mr. Bone Stripper, right? Oh, it definitely does. Mr. Bone Stripper actually has this grudge against Chevy Chase since, if you remember in the film, Chevy did not get Bone Strippered. Yeah. He could actually and- think that Chevy is the one who broke him. Or we could just change it and say Chevy's the one who broke him. Yeah. I think he is, though. Yeah, he is. He's the one who breaks Mr. Bone Stripper, and for that, Mr. Bone Stripper, Stripper has always had a vengeance up upon him. Gonna fuck him up now. Uh huh. Um. So, what's Mr. Bone Stripper's? What's his sentient form? I guess is the best way I could describe that. Is it just a mech? Oh no! It's the big mouth. Wait, what if? Follow me on this. Mr. Bone Stripper was a beautiful prince that got turned into a bone stripper. And with the true love's kiss of Demi Moore, he gets turned back into a super-powered human. And the human's ability is to strip bones. Bones. I don't think he should be a super-powered human. I think he should just be a giant, like, crocodile man. <laughs> it's just like, wait, hold on, maybe there's, like, two parts to the spell? Kisses him again. No, he's just a crocodile man, I guess. And then she's like, fine, I can love him for who he is. Exactly, and it's like a... It, it, the Chevy Chase, this is... Okay, this is what happens. Oh, and really quick... Bone Stripper and Demi Moore have to have the best fucking chemistry in the world. Absolutely, dude. Um, So, they're all having a party. Like, the judge has moved in. Where was the judge in all this? Oh, yeah, the judge is Phoebe. The judge and everyone have moved in. Yep. And, I mean, for the most part, he... 
for this series, he's just going to be, like, taking over the city of New York. Yeah. but Because that's what he does. One night, Chevy decides to throw a party to try to be like, well, let's 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 not be too hasty. Maybe they're cool now. So he throws a party, everyone gets really drunk, and in her drunkenness, Demi Moore kisses Mr. Bone Stripper, turning him into a horrible alligator man. And then... Now, uh, yeah. I think we are missing the point that Chevy Chase is technically, like, legally married to the judge's granddaughter. Yeah, but they... Uh, Demi Moore and Chevy do kiss at the end of the film, so he has no credence for that marriage. He does not care about that marriage. Okay. So that's it. And she... In fact, hold on. Since I'm now saying Demi Moore has to kiss Mr. Bone Stripper... Uh, the granddaughter leaves him for Humpty Hump. <laughs> That's who Humpty Hump gets. Um, That's fine. And so he gets turned into an alligator. <laughs> Boy, when I had to go back to that plot point, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> uh, so Demi Moore drunkenly kisses Mr. Bonestrepper, turning him back into an alligator man, and he's trying to hide his shame from her because now this is when he becomes like full on sentient of like, oh no, she can see me. I'm so embarrassed. And she's like sad. Oh my God. She, Look at all these bones I've stripped. I can't believe it. Chevy Chase walks in on them. What the fuck's going on? Chevy storms out in a rage. And now Chevy, <laughs> who still has Superman powers, as we've discovered, yep. goes on a tirade and... Oh, I like this idea. Starts out thinking that he's the good guy because he's stopping the judge from taking over New York City. But the judge, since this is like early 90s NYC, the judge is actually pulling some fucking Rudy Giuliani bullshit and making New York City safe for kids to hang out in. And so... Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, Chevy stops him but then goes on a tirade of his own to try to turn New York to the New York that he once knew, where you could just smoke cigars and taxi cabs all you want. And that's, yeah, buddy. that's when Mr. Bone Stripper has to jump into action and fight his mortal enemy, Chevy Chase. And that's the new Friends reboot coming to Netflix. How do you feel about it? Uh, nothing but Friends. Nothing but... Yes! That's the name! Nothing but Friends! With the theme song uh, sung by the judge. Well, guess no one told you life was gonna be this way. Oh. <laughs> he plays it on his organ. Oh, God. And the judge is, like, he goes from being the main antagonist of the movie to, like, this comedy relief character that he was supposed to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He turns into Steve Urkel. Did I do that? <laughs> Pulling up his fucking suspenders. Oh, I fucked that one up. Oh, I guess I did that. So, hold on. If we could just recap. Humpty Hump and all of Digital Underground live next to them. They all, and also his wife. <laughs> then we've got a bedroom that's just for Mr. Bone Stripper, a bedroom that's for Demi Moore and Chevy, and then a bedroom for the judge. Am I missing anything? Have we got the plot pretty straight? No, I think that's pretty good. Okay, and also Chevy Chase has super powers and Mr. Bone Stripper becomes a crocodile man when you kiss him at midnight. Anyways, yep. Blake, would you um would you like to go beg for money after that? 
No. <laughs> well, too bad, because I see a shill station coming up soon. Ding, ding. So, Blake Tanner, um, here's the thing, buddy. I just found out that I found the novelization of Nothing But Trouble, but... Oh, oh no! What's happened? My glasses have fallen on the ground and broken. It's like the Twilight Zone all over again. <laughs> oh no, buddy, that's God helping you. <laughs> but wait, what's this? This mystical thing I found. It's a website that'll read it to me. And it's called oh. Audible.com. That's right, Audible.com is the website that gives you access to over 100 130,000 audiobooks delivered straight to your phone. My books are on there. Quiesel Corp, Quiesel Corp Risen, BS versus the Gods. And then, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you use our code, if you use audibletrial.com slash BS Network, you get a free 30-day trial of that. You get a free copy of an audiobook. You can get one of mine. You can help us out doubly that way, ladies and gentlemen. If you just donate at audibletrial.com slash BS Network, that's audible.com slash BS Network. What? Oh, they fixed my glasses, too. Look at that. Oh, wow. But, uh, Blake Tanner, what do people want to help support us, but in a more tangible way? Oh, then you can just give us fucking money. <laughs> Bitch. Bitch at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Just give us that fucking money. That's right. It gives you... Ac- you click the orange button that says become a patron, and... And then you do it. You just do I, I it. Hit, I hit the microphone a little bit. <laughs> Blake was so intense. He was like, do it. I'm going to destroy my microphone if you don't. But, of course, uh, in addition to that, you get access to our Discord. You get access to me and Blake doing commentary for Nothing But Trouble on our show. You paid for this. And then, of course, you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week, like the Patreon saints themselves, Deborah Moore and Scott Moore. Thanks, Mom and Dad. And then, of course, Blake, <laughs> if they want to support elsewhere... They can always just pick them up some BS merch online at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. We try to keep in like a rotation of cool shirts for you to choose from for a load of BS. Fight Boys, Opposite Attractions, they all got merch over there and it's super fucking soft cotton. They're amazing t-shirts. And then of course, what else have they got, Blake? You know what we don't? We don't um, try to uh, cycle out, Scotty, and that's uh, that's our great, that's our great uh, drink containing wear uh glasses drink glasses the ones that you put the drink in we got cups specifically the bs boozy sippy cup yep it's it's listed as like wine cup or some stupid bullshit um under the misc section i think i changed it oh yeah you did there it is yep twenty dollars boozy sippy cup it's great Yep, that's what... Insulated. That's what Blake drinks all of his alcohol out of. Every last drop of it. He never washes it. The alcohol sanitizes it for him. Not true. But for now... But almost. But now, Blake Tanner, I... You know, we had to take a week off because I was in Orlando doing doing stuff at a podcasting convention that I won't name because I may shit-talk them a little bit. Hope nobody who was there is listening. But um, the real problem I was noticing is I was seeing all of these podcasts and they were all basically the same thing. And it was 
a business podcast for an entrepreneur that had a bad website that looked skeezy as hell asking you to spend $5,000 so they'll tell you how to write a book. And... Oh, no, no, that's that's called a scam. Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like a lot of the weekend, and I wasn't a fan of it. In fact, at one point, I did buy tickets to... Actually, I won't say what I bought tickets to, because it is also my thing that's awesome this week. But I did buy tickets to something and promptly left. But all these people were making money, Blake. They were making a shit ton of money. That's why I'm thinking, buddy... We get in on this business podcasting CEO bullshit. We just bring on some people. It doesn't matter if it's a successful business. We just bring on some CEOs and talk to them about their show. So, oh, okay. So, well, what would your first CEO you want to bring on be? Well, no, no, that's what I was going to say. I think we need some practice. For interviewing CEOs. And I guess I'll, I'll go first. I will... But, like, if you'd like to embody a CEO of your choice, whoever you want it to be, whether it's a real person or a man you just made up, uh, let what what should the show be called first? So I was thinking, like, a load of BS-ness, like business, but BS-ness. Um... Maybe that. Maybe, uh... Maybe just business boys. Maybe cash cucks. Um, <laughs> Cash Cucks is a good one if you want to go for a certain audience, yes? Well, no, no, that's what it is, is the fact that since we're not the CEOs, we're watching the people make money. We're Cash Cucks. We get off on watching other people make money. Oh, I see, I see. That sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good name for a program. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. All right, well, Blake Tanner, uh, well, I guess you're no longer Blake Tanner, uh, welcome to the first episode of Cash Cucks, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Scotty Moore. This is a show about watching, getting off while you make the money. And this week, it's an absolutely astounding week because I'm joined by one of the top CEOs in his business. I, I, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. Yeah, boy, it's all right, buddy. Oh, yeah, let me tell you something. Oh, I'm about to pass a good time with you boys tonight, uh... My name is uh, Cletus Yarbrin, CEO of Boudin Inc. Boot was that Boudin? <laughs> Boudin. Sorry, I'm, firstly, I'm not sure if you're from Chicago or Louisiana. A little bit of both. Chicago, <laughs> uh, Let me tell you something, little boy. Uh, well, you said you were the. You ever eaten Boudin? Have I ever eaten booty? What, what was that? Boudin, come on. Alright. Come on. I'm sorry, what was your name again? There's just a lot to take in right now. Nah, you you call me Charles. (laughs) Okay, Charles. And you're the uh, owner and proprietor of Boudin, Inc. Mmm, we make Boudin. Now, what is. What is Boudin? Boudin. I'm sorry, Boudin? What is Boudin? Uh, you had sausage. <laughs> I don't know why that's such an uncomfortable sentence to hear coming from that voice, but <laughs> I, uh, yes, yes, Charles, I have had uh, sausage. It's sausage. <laughs> okay, 
So wait, you said you said you were like the top CEO in your in your field, but if it's just sausage you're making, I don't I own it all. Okay. Wait, you own all the sausage companies, Mr. Charles. It's all booty. All booty. Just in different names, boy. All right. Well, uh we uh, we here at Cash Cucks, we like to Booty and Balls, uh, Booty and Blanc, uh, booty, booty Noir, Booty and Rouge. Did you just say Booty Noir? Is that, yes. Is that your cologne? I did hear you're coming out with a cologne. No, it's just like boudin is black at night. Oh, that sounds horrifying. Um, it's to take the blood in a in a sausage and you just darken it. So what? Uh, we we like to look at the story behind the company. What led you to create boudin Inc.? Well, you see, one day I I was. Just walking down the street in Louisiana, mm-hmm. my home, and I saw all these local booting businessmen. And the booting businessmen's, well, uh, they all got a little money for themselves. But I realized that they didn't have all the money for themselves. They were selling one of the greatest products ever known to man in the sausage world. And so I came to all of them. We all got together, all the boudin makers, all the different types of boudin, and we made a company. Okay, so you you saw a market that needed to be filled, you saw a need, and you filled it with sausage, is that correct? It was essentially a fi-do-do I, dance party between wait, all of us boys. What, what the f- <laughs> I, I hate to use profanity on cash cuts, what the fuck did you just say? I have five no-no? No, no, no. Sir, it's called a five no-no. That is a dance party <laughs> in the Cajun Creole tongue. A five no-no? Okay. So you had a five no-no with the five fitty men. And... Yeah, it says about 47 to 65 different local entrepreneurs. Okay, so you take their business and you take it to the rest of the world. So, I mean, what, what's your cut in the business there? How much do you take home? Most of it. Okay, so you're basically taking money out of these fine booting people's pockets. No, it's the payment for uh, organizing everything, you see. Okay, okay, well, uh, it looks like our time on the show is unfortunately wrapping up for Cash Cucks. Uh, would you, uh, we always like to end the show with a question, and that is, to all the budding entrepreneurs out there, what advice could you give them? I would say that as soon as you're starting out all your new businesses, you, you get out to all those people and you just say these immortal words, throw me something, mister, and they'll throw you something. They'll give you a little bit because they'll know that you, you there want, you want something. Oh, Okay. And you want to sell them something. You want them to enjoy your product. And they know that you got a product worth enjoying. Joy. All right. That's cool. Eat the booty. <laughs> Eat the booty. That's just... Is... Okay. Okay. Um, so, would you, like to, would you like to take your turn at the wheel of Cash Cucks? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, hold on, let me welcome to the stage, um, 
Hello, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you please uh, introduce yourself for our fine public? Hello, my name is Jerry. That's it, it's just Jerry. Oh, hey Jerry, how's it going? It's going, man, it's fine. That's good. So Jerry, you are obviously a very successful entrepreneur. Could you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do? Well, man, it's just... (laughs) It's real simple, man. It's just ASMR for bees. Bees got it hard nowadays, so we like to, you know, they're, they're dying out. We need to keep the bees around, and the bees are leaving into the world of death. And the way we what, keep, uh, we keep a- What inspired you to make ASMR for bees? <laughs> well, dog, my man, let me tell you something. You ever kick a beehive? No. It ain't fun. And I was walking around with my dog, Piddles, one day. And Piddles walked up and started humping a beehive. And they all came out. And, well, Piddles is gone now. But I thought, well, what if we could just relax these bees and get them to chill, man? That's what I'm all about is chill. And if there's one thing that's the opposite of chill, it's bees. So, wait. Do you mean this horrible experience made Piddles run away? Yes, Piddles just ran away like all the bees are running away. Do you think the bees are following Piddles? That's what it is, dog. They're going after my dog. They're trying to sting Piddles up after he done ejaculated into a beehive. Oh, dog, I'm sorry to hear that. And I'm just trying to get them all to chill out with my product, Common Bee Juice. It's ASMR for bees. Mm, could you give us? Could you? Could you throw us a, a little free sample of that? Okay, so check this shit out. Sometimes we'll do. Uh, we could do it auditorily, orally. We like to say, and that's kind of just like a. And that's one of the. That's one of our luxury ones. That's a bee giving mm. a haircut. And sometimes mm. we'll do like a video, and that could be like a. And that's a bee driving a race car, and it's just you know it's all kinds of stuff like that. We offer live, we offer live work with bees. We offer Reiki with bees, where you ju- yeah, where you just like you seek out the energy of a bee and you pluck it mm-hmm. out. But since bees are so tiny, we have to use tongs, and also we have to tie them down because once again, these are bees. Now, this does bring up a an interesting question. Since you began doing your fantastic and I I should say like really helpful to the populace at large, like since you've been doing this journey into BSMR ASMR, how many times have you been stung? Whoa man, BSMR, that's what we should call it. That's a good ass name. Too bad I've already patented literally everything about my business. Oh, well. It's all right. Uh, BSMR has actually been trademarked by BSLTD. Uh, Fair point, my dude. Well, let me tell you something. Here's the thing about a bee when it stings you. When a bee stings you, it dies. But the only way it'll die is if it disconnects its stinger. So you may hear that buzzing sound all all around me during this interview, and that's because I have 75 live bees 
<laughs> stinging into me at any point in the day because I don't want them to break off that stinger and die. So I just let them stick out of me. And I'm hoping if I do enough, they'll let me fly up into the air like the house from up. Well, I can only hope that that works. That's what you want, right? Man, that's all I could ever ask for is to have about a... I think I've calculated it'll take about a thousand bees stinging into me, flapping their wings before they let me fly up into the air or high like, like a Jesus. Okay, okay, we'll let you... I think that's a very noble pursuit. How do you feel about the bee movie starring Jerry Seinfeld? Well, man, let me tell you something. There's a lot of people who've been trying to do what I've done, which is bring bees into the mainstream. The Honey Nut Cheerios bee, the Jerry Seinfeld bee, whose name escapes me, and, you know, Bee Arthur. They all have been trying to bring bees into the mainstream, but no one's really done it since now. Now that with BSMR... I'm sorry, ASMR for bees. Didn't want to steal your name there. Uh, With ASMR for bees, that's something that both you and your bee can enjoy. So both of y'all can sit down together and enjoy some ASMR for bees. Oh, fantastic. Man, thank you so much for your time. I think we all have learned a little bit about bees today. Listen to how calm you are already. Just a few minutes of my soothing bee voice. That's all it takes. I, that's really all that we need, and don't don't mistake me pressing this security button Whoa. extremely frantically for... M- Mister, I have 50 bees in a bag right here. I was going to donate them to you. This was not an assault. It's all right. It's all this right. Was not... I'm deathly allergic. Thank no, you. No, take them. Here's my bees. Take them. I really, take really the don't. Take the bees. Tanner, take the bees. Scotty, help. Whoa, dude, that was weird. What the fuck just... Why are there so many bees everywhere? I'm all over the fifth line. Oh, no. control the hospital. It's... Hold on. I've got an EpiPen inside a bow and arrow. Let me just... Okay. <clears throat> oh, my God. So, yeah, I think we could probably do a good... <laughs> I think we could do a good podcast. <laughs> you do? Yeah, with those two first episodes of Cash Cucks, this is a this is a win-win opportunity, I think. There's no way it could lose. I think it might slightly infringe on the series that I wanted to do, Cuck Cuck Cab. Cuck Cab Wait, is that where you just drive around a taxi cab and let people have sex in the back while you look in the rear view? Um no no no. I have sex with couples that want to feel like they're being cucked. Okay. Now, for me, um... <laughs> no, wait. Damn it, we've used... Yeah, I know, you're speechless. We've used cuck so many times. I was like, cucking and jiving? No, we've used that one before. Kentucky Fried Chicken... Cuck... Kentucky Fried Chicken? Fairly sure we used that one before. Jesus. Okay. We've just cucked it up all over the world, man. Now, before we close out the show, I do want to propose a genuine idea for a show I came up with. Mm. And it's called... I don't know if I want to do it yet. Because, A, I don't have enough time to do it. And I don't know if it'd be better as a podcast or a YouTube video or what. But it's called In Defense Of. 
Because I don't think Ooh. anyone has the skill set that I do to defend things that everyone hates. And it would be a show basically breaking down, Nickelback's not that bad. Guy Fieri's fucking awesome. Uh, Creed, like, go through everything that, like, people have a genuine, like, not a dislike, but almost a comical dislike of, and just defend them for, like, 20 minutes or so. I think that would be interesting, but you'd also be fucking with the memes. Wait, shit, I just now realized Stand By Your Band is basically what I just described, but only for bands. So I'd have That one, is also true. So I'd have one video, Guy Fieri, that would be it. Just like, he made Chicken Guy, it's phenomenal. Don't worry about him. But for now, fair point. But for now, Blake Tanner, I have to ask. We've talked about everything. We've made our new business show. But what was awesome this week, or I guess these last two weeks for you? Um, I mean, your coffee. Coffee's pretty awesome. Coffee. Also, you're. I mean, you're doing a new show, which has apparently had. A lot of hiccups. So I understand why coffee has been your best friend. Yep. Have we discussed how you take your coffee? Which I don't feel like is anything, but still. Uh, Scotty, I want you to look right behind your face. <laughs> Do you see that color? That pure blackness? Yes, that that in- all-encasing like darkness. That is my coffee. Yeah. Meanwhile, I am on the opposite side of the spectrum, and I swear to God, since I was at a conference full of with a bunch of uppity business people, I made this joke about 50 times. You know, sometimes I like to take a little coffee with my creamer. <laughs> See you later, Jerry. And then I walked away. Man, I'm just a sweet baby mouth boy. It's all I'll take. You are the absolute worst. Nah, dude. You get that peppermint mocha frappe from fucking Starbucks, and I'm set for life. It's so good. Scotty, you drink milk with extra brown. (laughs) Yeah. I was raised in the South, big man. It's like sweet tea for adults. That's all it is, big man. Um, But as far as my end of the spectrum goes, I'm straight. Hold on. Coffee has been great. I've been starting a pot every morning when I wake up, and it's just a very nice way to start the morning with that smell of coffee. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had like buildup of things that's awesome because we've lasted two weeks. I mean, if you got if you could think of another one while I give mine. Uh, w- no, you have four minutes. Well, one of them is absolutely the fact that I feel like a family man now, which I thought would be a bad feeling, but it feels really nice. Uh, that's good. In addition to that. Um, when I went to pod, I, I don't know if it's because the conference I went to was very underwhelming, but when I went to PodCon, they gave us a remote attendance thing that lets me go back and listen to other tracks. I learned a lot on my trip to Orlando, not the conference, but by listening to PodCon tracks that I missed. So that was That's another good. thing that was awesome this week. I started Breaking Bad, finally, because we're doing it for a future episode of uh, Fun Fiction, and that's Great awesome. series. And then my final thing that's awesome this week is the thing that took me away from my conference. And that's fucking Captain Marvel. Yes, it's amazing. I'm, 
I under I understand where a lot of people online come from of like it's not the best it's not the best Marvel movie. I'll admit that. But it's still a Marvel movie, which is always like head and shoulders above the rest good. It's like being bad pizza. It's like, no, I'll still destroy it. It's still amazing, but Yeah. I think that that's an interesting thing that people say when they say something's not the best Marvel movie. It's like when the best Marvel movies are some of the best movies ever. Yeah. Like, what are you getting at? You can't say it's a bad movie because you know you literally can't. But but it's fan-fucking-tastic. Like, I, I will say the beginning, probably third third to maybe half starts off pretty slow paced but there's like a moment that happens halfway through where the film just kicks it into high gear and one of the weirdest things i saw online where people were like carol danvers is i don't know she's kind of like a boring character she didn't really play her that interesting and i'm sitting here like She's singing Kiss Me Deadly on karaoke, dressed in, like, 90s grunge rags. Fuck you. She's the best (laughs) character of all time. I love her. I mean, you could do your defense series starting with this bad boy. Damn. Well, no, I don't think people... I think bad people, (laughs) like, really hated Captain Marvel. So much so... Yeah, but those are the ones that we hate. Yeah, so much so that they reviewed the movie before it came out because they're terrible assholes. Yes, also forcing us to realize, hey, IMDb? Why was that an option? Yeah, why was that a... I think it was Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes? Why? They legit afterwards were like, hey, probably we shouldn't do this anymore. (laughs) Like, yeah, no shit. But, um, like, none of the characters felt, like, boring or out of place. Like, even the bad guys were well-fleshed. Actually, I will say the bad guy kind of phoned it in a little bit. But other than that, everyone else was fantastic in it. And my... I'm sorry I have to do another thing that was awesome, but it's something that I didn't get to... We didn't do things that was awesome when this film originally came out. But Monday, before my flight, I had nothing to do. I was stuck in Orlando, and I noticed, oh, Into the Spider-Verse is still playing in a cinema near me. And I just forgot how amazing Into the Spider-Verse is. It's it well deserved best animated picture, and I'm honestly mad it didn't get nominated for best picture. Yes, it is the best comic book movie ever. Yes, I, I won't say my favorite superhero movie, but I think I, I don't know if what you meant by that was two completely separate things from comic book movie and superhero yes. movie. But yeah, as far as like a comic book adaptation, it was absolutely amazing. Definitely best anime. It is watching what I imagine. It brought what I imagined comic books were to life. Now, I will ask this. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse versus Spider-Man Homecoming. Which one do you like more? I don't know how people feel about this, but I liked Into the Spider-Verse more. See, with me the first time through... I don't know if it was just because I hadn't seen it enough that I was like, ah, I think I'm going to give Homecoming the edge. But no, this second watch through was enough for me to be like, no, this is an amazing ass film. It's fantastic. It's because the one worry I had going into it was like, wow, how are they going to flesh out the six different spider characters? And it's like, well, you don't have to. You flesh out Gwen, you flesh out Peter B. Parker and Miles. 
The other three are joke characters who are there because they're awesome. That's why. Uh, I'm sorry. Is that what you expected when Spider-Man Noir was Nicolas Cage? Do you mean my favorite performance in that film, Blake Tanner? <laughs> I loved Nick Cage as Spider-Man Noir. Just because every line he said, especially near the end during the fight scenes where he started getting into, like, classic 1930s, like, yeah, see, and I'm going to give him one of these, and we're going to bust him up over here. I lost my shit in the theater. It was me mm-hmm. and only one other person because this movie came out, like, three months ago. But I still was like, I'm going to go see it again. It was good. Yeah, it's just that good. And the soundtrack is... Once the soundtrack is like perfect gym music, there's no way it's not perfect gym music. Yep. But for now, Blake Tanner, it's been an episode. Where could people find you upon the internet, sire? Um, in my other awesome thing this week, my bed. I'm gonna be there in a few minutes too. Under my awesome thing from a few weeks ago, my weighted blanket. Oh, I'm going to sleep in that memory foam. I'm going to curl up. It's going to be great. You can also find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. Hopefully we'll have our D&D series that we've been working on up. We've got a few recorded, but since uh, Josh has been moving house and they've been getting settled, yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have everything ready and set out soon. Maybe. I don't fucking know. And, Not my job. And you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. You can buy all my books on Amazon, the Queasel Corp Trilogy, BS vs. the Gods. They're all available for you to check out. And speaking of checking things out, why don't you check out all the other BS Network programs online at a load of pure BS.com, ladies and gentlemen. Special thanks to uh, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. That funky jazz band from Scotland who has given us our intro music and outro music. Rick Flair. Rick fucking Flair. R-I-C-F-L-A-I-R off of their album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Hole. The most appropriate theme song, I think, for us of all time. Yes. And, of course, make sure to remember to support us if you can, whether that be monetarily through Patreon or on our merch site. Or, of course, if you can't do that, we understand. But please, just leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars would be preferred. In fact, just fucking do five stars. That's it. If you liked it, if you hated it, just do five stars. And then in the review, be like, well, I didn't like this. But we love getting feedback from you guys. If you'd like to watch the show live, you can on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash a load of BS ladies and gentlemen but of course until next time remember you can find blake and me on twitter at a load of pure bs except no substitutes and we will see you next week